0: Plantation SEA Church presents the Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7:30 p.m. for our weekly discussion. From Genesis to Revelation, let's read the Bible in themes with season two of the Bible Unmasked. Hello and
1: welcome again to Bible Unmasked Season 2, Episode 13. I am so glad you are here again with us today. I am Elizabeth.
0: This is Dexter.
1: And we have our special guest here again with us. Um, As you know, every week we have a special guest or guests, and today we have Pastor Kevin McCoy. Welcome, Pastor.
2: Thank you, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Dr. Dex. It's my my honor and pleasure to share this moment um, of Bible reflection and study with you. Thank you for having me.
1: Amen well we are going to get right into it here so um pastor dexter look <laughs> i have two pastors here with me um, um, dexter can you tell us a little bit about um this we are looking at episode 13 at ecclesiastes which is facing death for a greater appreciation of life can you tell us a bit about the theme and your choice of our guest.
0: Wonderful. So this is probably the most pessimistic book in the entire Bible. Um, it's it's kind of up there with lamentation, where there is, I mean, his outlook on life is very bleak and dark, um, and they struggle to include this in the canon. But I'm happy they did, because this is life. So so I, I wanted to, I look through Solomon's um, talk about death it talks about death a lot and I wanted to see as a theme I'm reading it and I'm asking okay what about death is he te- teaching us that leads us to appreciate life more um, and, and that's why I came up with the theme and, and the reason the reason I begged Pastor McCoy with his crazy busy schedule I mean this guy is, um, he's the father of a newborn. Um, his wife has um, like a year left before she is a physician. Um, so it's a crazy busy place in his house. Um, and, and then of course, you know, he was just off of vacation. So man, I, I was beating, you know, doc squeeze us in and, and God spoke to his heart and he's very gracious. But the reason I asked Pastor McCoy is because besides being a pastor and a Bible scholar, he's also worked as a chaplain. and, and the, the job of a chaplain is to comfort people who are going through grief who are experiencing the death of their loved one. And I couldn't think about anyone else that confronts death, not only not so much in his church work, but you know when he worked among the grieving, of those who have lost loved ones and that's why i asked pastor mccoy to talk us through this theme in the book of ecclesiastes
1: okay good so it's going to be a bit of a heavy serious topic here today but we have a god of hope and he is going we're going to get some inspiration here today so let's begin with a word of prayer father in heaven lord i thank you that we can come again together here that we can study your word and I just pray that you would give us some insights and understanding on this topic of grief that many of us have have experienced or know somebody who has experienced and we can learn from it Um, so I pray that you just bless our time together and may you anoint our lips and speak through us to um, those who are listening we thank you in Jesus name we pray amen amen okay so let's get our bibles out to the book of ecclesiastes and we're going to be jumping ahead to chapter 6 verse 12. it says in the few days of our meaningless lives who knows how our days can best be spent our lives are like a shadow who can tell what will happen on this earth after we are gone so our tip that we're getting from this is to sort out our values and the question is, how do we sort out our values and priorities in light of the shortness of life?
0: And, and I'll tell you why I asked this question, Pastor McCoy. I had a friend who um, was celebrating her 60th birthday, and then it really hit her, wow, I probably have 50 really good years left, but I have so much more that I need to accomplish. And that was a big wake-up call. Uh, she had to get to 60 to have that
2: wake-up call. That,
0: that's the backdrop for this question. Your insight, your insight.
2: Yeah, thank you um, both for having me um, um, watching what is an interesting book um, to be studying. Um, very interesting um, book, Ecclesiastes. And, and you're right to, to, to note um, there's a kind of pessimistic tone about life <laughs> in the book, Right. Everything is vanity, it's, it's, that's kind of the, 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 the sum total um, of the argument going through, everything is vanity. Um, but here we, 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 are, we, are, we are faced with um, a certain kind of lack of knowledge about human, human beings' lack of knowledge, right? The question the text asks us about, um, you know, who knows what is good for a person in life? And, and most times as a, as a parent, as you mentioned, I, I try to do everything for my, my son thinking um, that's what's best for him, you know. And as parents, um, I imagine that you do the same for, for your daughter. Um, you go about life thinking that you know what is best for, for, for someone. But we are, we, are cautioned, we are cautioned here that, that um, no one, it's, 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 some, it's more like a rhetorical question. Who knows what's best for someone? The, the, the reality is not even me sometimes knows what is best for me. Right, and the question is asked in light of knowing what will happen in the future, right? Um, can you tell what will happen under the sun after they are gone? So the question you ask, uh, doctor, doctor, you ask, how do we sort out our values and priorities in, in life, in, in the light of the shortness of life? The first thing we need to do is, in sorting out of the priorities is to accept the fact that we don't know when we're gonna die,
1: yes. right?
2: Um, that's one of the first things we have to we have to, to 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 recognize and acknowledge, and that each day we are growing into our death, right? We are living towards our our death. Um, I like to think of it as well. Not like to, but the way I think of it is, each day I am closer to death than I was before, right? Wow. I'm one day closer wow. to death than, I, than I was before, um, and what that does for me, what that does for me is to appreciate, help me to appreciate life itself, right? It helps helps me to bring more value to the present day, to the day that I'm living. Because if I'm one day closer to to my death, then each day comes with more value. Right? I find more value, more meaning in life. So how do I sort out that these priorities and and values in light of the shortness of life? Um, I try to Lean into the one who, who has vision beyond beyond to today. Right. Yes. If I can only think about today, if I can only find value uh, in life today, then I have to to lean into God's wisdom, lean into God's understanding, lean into God's into God's plans. Because I don't know what's when 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 Solomon says under the sun, he's talking about not just the year after you know life after death. He's talking about what will literally happen in this world, right? So I don't know, my plans for tomorrow may not come forth, my plans for next week might not come forth, but if I lean into God's plan and live based on God's plan, then life finds more more meaning, life finds more more value, right? Um, because it's beyond just what I can see, it's beyond what I can understand or expect, it's based on God's vision or God's Understanding um, of of what life is meant to be for me. Right. Wow! So we have to live life, and and these priorities and values have to be the priorities and values that we find in God's meaning for life, in God's vision for my life, in what God's plans for my life. It, it, it's more than just okay. I want to be. I want to be a pastor. I want to be um, a doctor, or I want. This or I want that in life who do i want to be it becomes who who, who do I want to touch lives what do i want to what what, what do i want my, my my legacy to be in life right do i leave this world better than than when i i i came in those are some of the questions we asked to 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 sort out our values as you're thinking about the shortness of life let me, let me you know you, you
0: you kind of throw an oxymoron at me you said you know, every day I am closer to death. Of course, when, when you said that, I'm like, well, thank you for the encouragement. <laughs> but, but but then you kind of flipped it and you said, every day makes life more valuable. Yeah. How do you merge those
2: seemingly contradictory thoughts? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, tomorrow could be death, but 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 um, there's value in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and one of the things, as I said earlier, it's about the value in life comes each day with what can I contribute to, to, to life? Wow. Because Solomon is basically saying, um, well, it's is kind of, is teasing this idea of, of vanity, all is vanity. But is it true that everything is vanity or vanity? We know because it's not, because when you go down further in the book, we're going to hear about serving God. You're going to hear that serve God, I keep the commandments of God because that's the whole totality of life. So there, there is some value to life. Salaman is it's kind of leading towards the conclusion. So we can jump towards the conclusion right now that the value in life, the priority in life is to ensure that I am living today, serving God today and contributing to God's vision for, for, for the world and for life today. Right? What is so if, if, if today was the only day I'm supposed to live, right? What value do I bring to someone else's life? What, what value do I bring to, to the world? What contribution? Um, how, how would I have left a mark for God in this world, right? Yeah. That's where the value for today comes in. What uh-huh. contribution? What image of God do I bring into the world? What sense of God's presence do I bring into the world? Can someone know after my one day of life that there's a God in this world?
0: Wow. Wow. Man, you're mad deep, you know, man. Mad deep. And listen, I, I know your depth isn't because you're, you're a Yale graduate. You, you, you seem to have a sweet connection with Jesus. I love it. Your, your, your feedback reminded me of two things. One, your old president at Northern Caribbean University, Dr. Thompson, um, at, a, at a commencement address back in 2001, he said, history has nothing to say. About people who saw things and left them as they were. And I've, I've never forgotten that. Another experience, same in 2000, I got knocked down by a car. I was 24. And, brother, it woke me up. Because, you know, the old people used to say when they look at the, the, um, the orange tree, they see that, that green oranges and yellow oranges were all falling off the tree, meaning young and old could die equally. And I didn't really take that to heart until I was laid up alongside a freeway, um, you know, probably left to die. Um, and and I remember being in the hospital, and I had this theological discussion with the Lord. And I said, Lord, why didn't you just allow me to die so that the next thing I would experience is the resurrection? And and. You know, why you left me then? I, I, I could be tempted now. I could sin. And then the risk of, of leaving you and being lost, you know, if I had gone then. Because this was, I was, it was a Sabbath. I just came back from preaching. I was te- I was going to a board meeting. Boom, I got knocked down by this car. Oh my God, perfect time to take me out. I, I remember, kind of similar to what you just shared. One of the things Jesus said to me, he brought me to Matthew five. 16, and this is a this is a little isogetical now, meaning um, you won't find this in the in the original meaning of the passage, right? But I remember God breaking down Matthew five 6, 16 for me. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. No, no, the passage didn't say let light shine or let the light shine your light. And what I got from that is is there is a view and a vantage point of God seen through me that will never be seen in any other human being before and after me. Mm. The people get to see an aspect of God when they see how I live as Jesus lives in me that will do something for them that no other human being would portray. And, 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 and so what God was saying to me in, in those dark, discouraging moments is, Dex, you shining, me shining my light through your unique individuality is more wow. important than you dying and being resurrected wow. um, and going, going into heaven. Wow.
2: Right. wow. Boom, Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah. I said to Jesus what I said
0: to you, you're deep, Lord. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i I like how you put it doc that's 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 a beautiful way of thinking about it yeah definitely Let's,
1: let's keep going on to number two now and we're gonna go to ecclesiastes chapter seven verse two and it says better to spend your time at funerals than at parties after all everyone dies so the living should take this to heart Quite the verse (laughs) (laughs) Um, it things that you don't really wanna do. Um, So our um, tip from this is facing our mortality. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what does it mean to be intentional about facing our mortality?
0: Right. Doc, you are a young man. Um, I'm not gonna ask your business. Because if I find out your age, I might find out your wife's age too. So I'm going to ask you your business. But you're a young man. Um, yeah. You have done work as a chaplain. Um, and I've listened to your, your, you did a seminar for us on grief. And uh, man, to be honest, I, your, 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 the, per, the perspective that you bring and the clarity is really amazing. Have you, do you think you've you personally embraced your mortality? And, and working among grieving people, has that contributed in any way to that happening for you?
2: Yeah, definitely. And um, I think it, I've come to that place where it's, it's. I have to be careful how I talk around my my my, my wife because sometimes I'm like, and I, and I say it sometimes without thinking that, you know, I have to do this because, you know, um, who knows I might die tomorrow and she doesn't like when I say it, but, you know. <laughs> Um, I, I have to, to, to remember sometimes that I have come to that place already where I, though I cannot prepare or fully, I, no one can at any time fully prepare. And let me before I say that, let me just tell a story to, to, to illustrate it. My grand, grand, grandmother was uh was sick for a bit. I knew she was um she was on her way to, to, to dying right? She was entering into the dying phases, showing, um, signs and symptoms of, of dying, you know, for some time she wasn't eating, um, her breathing changed, a lot of things like that, that happened. Um, but, but what, what's set in what we call, what, what, what is called anticipatory grief, meaning you start grieving before someone has even, uh, even died, right? Um, my anticipatory grief began the moment I found out she had, uh, dementia, right? And, uh, so I knew from that time that once that that happened and she started losing her sight, I know there were certain signs of decline and and how it would naturally progress. Knowing that still didn't prepare me to lose her, mm. right? Knowing the process of death. Um, there's this book I read once, "How We Die," right? Is is this this? I don't remember his the author name right now, but he went he went through the process of of. You know, when someone when he says someone die about died from heart attack, what do we mean by that? And he went up to the through the the biological and the medical process of how people die. But it's also the emotional and, and the psychological way of how we we deal with someone dying, right? Um so I I started that started uh because I, I know the process once you have dementia, certain things start happening, it's a process. So I started having um anticipatory grief, but that didn't, even though I know she was gonna die, it didn't prepare me enough to deal with when the reality of death. So what I'm saying is that we can, we can, we can try and, and ignore death all we want, right? Um, but death is gonna come, you know, as, as the text says, death is destiny, right? If, if there's any destiny that we face in this world, um, that there, it's, it's death, right? Um, two things in life are certain. Two things in life. Once once you come in life to the birth, the next certain thing is death, right? Only two things in life are certain, life and death. So Solomon Solomon says, you know, um, destiny is the death. Go to a house. It's better to go to a funeral than to go to a feast. But why is that? Because it, it calls us to face our mortality, right? When, we go to, when anyone goes to a funeral, there, there's always a sense of assessment of what is my life worth? What am I doing? How am I living? Um, what would happen tomorrow if I die, right? So Solomon is not saying um, go about life with this fear of death right let the fear of death drive you because the fear of death is is something that the devil uses to control us right right that that um and paul we, we found that in the bible where the fear of death is is something that the devil uses to to control us but but Jesus freed us from the fear of death Paul will tell us that jesus freed us from the fear of death right so we kept paul, solomon is not encouraging us to live with this fear of death over us to say i'm gonna run I'm gonna die I'm gonna do this so, i'm gonna die no. The point of asking us or, or, or saying go to a funeral instead of a feast is to, for us to, to evaluate life and what it means every day and also to take time to recognize the mercies that we have, right? Um, whenever, well, at least for me, when I go to a funeral and uh, um, I always like to know the cause of death, right? Or, or, or the manner of death, um, how a person died or whatever, and um, f- for me, that's important because one, it tells you about how the person also lived, right? Um, if a person died from a bike um, accident, you can tell that um, they'll tell you, you know, he was a good biker or, you know, we warned him he was reckless or whatever. But, you know, death, death as, as, as you mentioned in the beginning, this, this book, death ap- helps us to appreciate life, Right. So if I go if I go to a, a funeral of someone who died from say um, a drug overdose, um, probably the, the death of that person can, can be a deterrent to someone who who is you know suffering uh, um, from 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 from, from uh, drug addiction or something. But the value, the point is the death teach gives us helps us to develop some value for life. It's right? so basa. Awesome. So awesome. Right, that helps us to bring some value towards life. So Solomon is asking. Solomon wants us to have a clear mind. So how do I come to my 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 um come to the sense of my mortality um, and accepting it? It's it's difficult because when I think the fact that um one day my my son will, will be without me, it's it, it's it's difficult. But it also helps me to prepare that he can have a better future without me. Right. Right? So knowing that death is coming is an opportunity for us to prepare to meet it in the best way possible.
0: I got it. I got it. Now, you, 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 you know, I, I read Tuesdays with Mario. I don't know if you ever read that. Book. Yes. Very I good that. book. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the first book I read in that, and that genre. That go uh, yeah. yeah. People, um, dying people writing a memoir. Um, yeah. And um, one of the things he said, he said, you know, all of us know we're going to die but few of us believe it. And that stuck with me. He said, and and my 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 spin on it is I agree because if we believed it, we would love deeper. We would live mm. quicker. We 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 would we would you know we would we we would live with greater urgency. Because I, I think when you take life for granted, it's one of the best ways to waste your life. Mm. Taking it for granted. So that that's, that's the. Do you though? Know, do you though know have a particular experience dealing with grieving people, uh, going to a funeral, um, where it really woke you up and you're like, you know what? I am really gonna go one day, and it it might be, you know, it could be any time. Do you have a particular? And let me tell you what I'm asking. When I when I worked as a chaplain. I, um, I remember visiting a young man. He was, we were the same age, you know, he was 30. And, um, the, the, basically when the doctor called me, you know what that means, mm-hmm. you know, uh, games over, um, they gave him two weeks to live. I remember this guy is crying, he's weeping. And he says, father, you know, he thinks I'm a priest, right? So he said, father, you know, this cancer has stolen my dreams. I'll never get married. I'll never have kids. And then, Pastor, Pastor Mokoy, it sobered me up mm. more than any other experience. I think that even more than the accident, you know, mm. when I'm like, wow, this could be me. Mm. Um, and it left me with a, a sense of conscientiousness more than I think I had before. Do, do, do you have any experience that woke you up to the reality of the, the, the certainty and the, the certainty of that and the uncertainty of when it could happen?
2: So, this one hits close to home. Um, the fact that if you ask a question here's why I say that. Right now, um, right now. So, right now, my sister is battling cancer. Oh boy! Right? Yeah. So, let me go back to when I went to my grandmother's funeral in Jamaica in, in, in November. Gone. Um, and you probably know this that the hardest person to talk with most times are the people you love right Mm -hmm. about certain issues um so i was trying to because i i i my, my fast my mom my first of all my mother wasn't really there yet and i was trying to get her to the point that you know my sister is because of her situation the treatments are not working the experimental drugs are not working i wanted her to get some, spend some quarter time and to kind of see my sister for in a different light. Here's what I mean. I said to my mom, and I tried to put on my chaplain's hat, which was very difficult, right? I said to her, um, you know, uh, my sister, you know, I'm saying she's sick. And, um, you know, she came to mama's funeral, my grandmother's funeral from Canada, but she bears, she's bearing so much pain, right? Because she shouldn't be, for matter of fact, she shouldn't have traveled. But she came and I'm saying to her, I'm looking on her and based on what I'm seeing, um, I think this um, might be her last time visiting Jamaica. That's so what I said to my mother when we went to my grandmother's funeral about my sister. This might be the last time she is visiting Jamaica. And uh, you know, it was hard to say that to my mother and to, and to say to my, to, to, for me saying it about my sister to my mother and hear me saying it, oh, wow. hear me saying it to my mother that, you know, this might be the last time you're seeing your daughter that thing, that thing was heavy on me, man, mm-hmm. heavy, right so it drove it, it came home personally. It was for me trying to be the chaplain uh, of my sister towards my mother. It, it was a different shoe to stand in because I've done it for, for many uh, um, you know, families before. you know the patient is there and, and the family members are there, but at this time, I am. It's my family, and I have to stand in the room as a chaplain. So I, I bring up that, 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 that uh, experience to say that right now, um, I, when I spoke to my sister, uh, actually this afternoon um, and earlier this week, she is in the hospital, and her um, medical treatments have to be stopped because it, it's not working. And now the doctors have given her months to live, what? right? Right. And she is not even 30 yet. That's my little sister. Oh, jeez. She is not even 30th. So when we talk about facing mortality and when we talk about what what death and and the anticipation of death um, uh, um, brings, um, it, it is, it is, it's home for me, Doc, right? It's, it's, it's home for me. And it's 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 challenging. It's it's even, you know, you mentioned earlier the person talking about you know, having their dreams. When I, I had to try and be a chaplain to my sister in in my conversations, I had to not I had to put aside being a brother sometimes to help to help her work through her her doubts and her fears, and that wasn't easy because this is my sister I'm I'm you know putting on my chaplain's hat with you know and I remember conversations we had when she know you know she 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 wanted to have a family she wanted to have this and you know how it's not going to happen and in those moments um you know the listening skills and all those things uh they, they they worked the best they could, but they couldn't help to bear the fact that this was my sister i'm 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 caring for like a chaplain in those moments wow. and so i i I wrestled with the fact that you know man i'm I'm going to I'm going to someday lose my sister wow and someday my mother's going to lose me wow you know i and so it, it, it hit home really deep dark where where i had to where i looked at it and um um really to say you know and i asked a question i asked a question that someone asked what is life you know what what is what really is life that that and, and how, how we have to live it you know so in in thinking about uh, my own mortality i it, it has come home straight home to my grandmother. Having to stand in English the, in the space of a chaplain with my mom and and no my sister, so it's it's no one is prepared enough to deal with this, doc. No one is prepared enough. Wow. you know? No one.
1: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that um, personal story. That's um, yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. It's not definitely nobody is prepared for it, and we all experience it in some <laughs> way for sure. Um, We are going to go to our last question now, um, here in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatever you do, do well, for when you go to the grave, there will be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. So our tip here is avoiding procrastination. And our question is, what helps you not leave for tomorrow what you could be doing today?
0: Yeah, I, I like that, this, this is a, a pastor, as you know, this is one of my motivational spills, yeah. I like telling people from this passage, you know, Solomon is telling us to die empty.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, don't 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 books that you need the richest place on earth is not the diamond mines of South Africa, or the cobalt mines of um, the Congo, what it is, is the cemetery, Because you have people who should have ran political offices, who should have written books, who should have sang songs, painted portraits, and different art pieces, and they died with their talents untapped. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so so he's telling us, die empty. When you die, you must have nothing left to do. Mm -hmm. And so so it it deals with, with procrastination, because in the grave, there's nothing left uh, so i don't know if if mortality um Pastor McCoy, if mortality has helped you quicken your steps in terms of the stuff that you need to do to make you get going um
2: um or, or, or if you know i mean talk to me talk, talk to this question as best as you can yeah so uh, avoiding procrastination you know um so like many people um i've i've had I, I was almost going to quote a line from um, alma mater, NCU Alma Mater. I've had our hopes and our dreams fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, just keep in mind the NCU Alma Mater. But um, um, there are many people who have hopes and dreams that they want to be, be fulfilled, um, including myself. And um, some have tried, some have failed, some have put it off because of fear. Um, so let, let, me, let me show an example when I just, and I think you mentioned something this earlier, Doc, when I just got baptized, right? Um, because of the, the, the kind of urgency that, you know, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. I was like, okay, so I'm baptized. Now I'm going to save Jesus. is coming. So I don't need to do anything else, right? That's kind of the first thought that came to mind. I'm baptized. Jesus is coming. All I need to do is just wait because um, Jesus is coming soon. And for a while, you know, i um, and in some sense, that was kind of a naivety. I just came to church. I was excited. I was like, I'm saved now. Woo-wee! Um, Wash my hands. Everything is okay. Jesus is coming. But after a few, a few, a few months, I was like, okay, this doesn't feel comfortable. Right? This doesn't feel right because I like to be involved. I like to co- contribute and make contributions. So I'm like, I have to work while I'm waiting. Right, I have to find something for my hands to do. So, and for for most of us, we equate in some ways or not um, the coming of Christ with an end of life, right? Because it's it's end to life in this world, right? And transition to another, right? If we think about Christ coming from that from that perspective, from from that perspective, right? So I, I said to myself, if, if Christ is not, gonna, not gonna, gonna come, there are some things I want, to conch- I want to achieve and I want to do so. I'm gonna put my, 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 my efforts forward into those. And if Christ comes when, when I'm achieving it or before I achieve it, fine. But at least I am not idle waiting for Christ to come, right? So in the same way, we can't just sit around and wait for death to come, right? Um, Yes, death is certain. Death is our ultimate destiny unless Christ comes before that. Um, We we might not taste death. Um, But knowing that um, life is like a mist, we are here today, gone tomorrow, should not um, hinder us from going forward and pursuing becoming our best selves. Here's why I phrase it as becoming our best selves, right? Um, If we're thinking about not doing something because if we're thinking about doing something that it's only about material gain or something else, if we're thinking about it as making ourselves better, then that should help us to avoid um, procrastination, right? Because the Christian journey, it's all about becoming a better version of yourself, the, the Christ-like version of yourself. Right. So, if we think about life and contributing to to today's existence as part of us becoming a better person, preparing ourselves for Christ's coming, um, developing who we are as a Christian, then it will help us to avoid procrastination because we are preparing ourselves to meet Christ as the best Christian, as the best version of ourselves. Right. So, if we can. If we can um, look at life as a mirror, right look at look if you take death as a mirror, looking backwards at your life, right, we can say then what uh, what have i what have I done? how have I lived, looking not from your birth forward, but looking at your death backward wow. right then that should 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 push us to a place where we are avoiding procrastination because we know it should should come. And I'm not saying live morbidly. I'm not saying live with the fear of death. I'm saying live with an honest, with an honest assessment that one day death is going to come. Right? Keep it there, knowing that's going to happen. Don't worry about it, but live with a certain kind of, and and that's why it's, that's why grace and that's why salvation is so important. Can I preach here, Doc? Right? <laughs> um, because. When you know that you are saved, you have this relationship with Christ that goes beyond death, that triumphs over death, right? You can live with such a certain kind of freedom that you're not, you're not, you're not worried about tomorrow or worried about what what comes because you're living in uh, um, with a certain kind of assurance, this blessed assurance, is somewhat I would say, right? That comes whatever may, comes whatever whatever. If I fail my exam today, I can try tomorrow because beyond my exam um I'm I'm I have a relationship with Christ, right? So if we if we look from it from, from God's perspective, if you look for life and death from God's perspective, then it should help us to avoid um, procrastination. Wow.
0: Wow. Oh God. Wow. <laughs> Family, this has been, I mean Pastor McCoy has moved the Bible on to a whole other level. <laughs> Season two, welcome to Pastor Kevin McCoy. Um, preacher, again, thank you so much. And I, you know, Liz, I don't know if you remember me sharing this with you. One of the I'll never forget Pastor McCoy. We we share a bond.
2: Yes. That,
0: yeah. I, I don't know if he realized how deep it is for me. Um yes. outside of you and me, Elizabeth,
1: yeah,
0: the third person to know. That we were going to have a girl oh. was Pastor McCoy. Yes. We were sitting next to each other right. yes. at, at Baranatha Church. Yes. And um, you just told me, and I just, you know, I was sitting next to him and I whispered it to him. <laughs> and I, I had to talk to somebody, unless I got too emotional. <laughs> uh, yes, I remember. You know, I, so I will never forget that man. That's a moment I would treasure with you. Yes,
2: it's, it's, yes, forever. Yes, yeah.
0: And then when I when I heard he was coming to be one of our pastors at plantation, I texted him and he said, "You are my pastor." <laughs> <laughs> so, preacher, um, continued blessing to you as a new parent um, with that amazing baby boy. He just turned one last Friday. I I I, I gave you uh, his. He was. He was born the only day of the year that's a sentence, March yes. 4th. March 4th, yes. March 4th. The blessings to <laughs> you. you life life <laughs> and next week, next week, I am, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait for next week to come. And I want you guys to dive into the book of Songs of Solomon. Mm-hmm. We have the most romantic couple in, in the entire church coming to share their love experience with us. <laughs> uh, these folks have been my mentor and my role model. When I want tips for Valentine's, I call them. <laughs> uh, so you're going to stay tuned. We're going gonna to hear from the Richardsons, Kinta and Whitney Richardson, mm-hmm. um, from the book, from the, book uh, um, the Songs of Solomon. And the theme is a commitment to love
1: yes uh, okay thank you again pastor mccoy this has been a gift and a blessing and we will definitely be praying for you and your sister and your family um we want to um, remind our viewers again that this airs every sunday evening at 7 30 but of course since it's on our youtube channel you can see it later so please share it with your family and friends we do want to them to um, to get the blessing from this also of getting into God's word and and understanding it some more for our practical life. Um, so to end now, we are going to just have a word of prayer. And um, Pastor Dex, if you could pray and pray for Pastor McCoy's sister. Amen. amen.
0: God and friend, thank you so much for how you have poured through Pastor Kevin McCoy. I pray for his family, his his precious baby boy, one year and one week. Bless him, uh, Sister McCoy and her studies. And I know, God, you're going to be a healing hand through her um, as she ministers to her patients. And I pray for his sister. Um, God, how how rough, how difficult. Mm -hmm. I pray your, your grace would remain upon her. That your strength would be made perfect in her weaknesses. And that, Lord, her perspective on life would somehow you would give her peace amid the storms and you would give her joy amid the sorrows. And I pray you would give strength and comfort and hope to her siblings and her parents. And again, we thank you. Thank you for this man of God and what he has meant to our church and the various churches that he has shepherded. Um, May he go from strength to strength. And God bless our viewers, that our lives would have been impacted and touched and transformed by the power of this session and the others that went and that is to come. We pray this in the name of the one who has changed our lives, Jesus the Christ. Amen. 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 Plantation the Church presents The Bible Unmasked Read your Bible daily And join us every Sunday At 7.30pm For our weekly discussion From Genesis to Revelation Let's read the Bible in themes With season 2 Of The Bible Unmasked